Grace and peace to you, Bloom. Welcome again to our guided liturgy podcast. Our hope and our prayer for you during this time is that you really would experience the presence of Christ, that you would be drawn into mystery and the beauty of Christ in us, working through us, and calling us deeper into the reality that we have been made one in Christ through the Spirit of God. So wherever you are, our invitation for you is to join us in this liturgy, to open your heart, your mind, the entirety of yourself as wide as you can to receive the fullness of the Spirit of God among us. Bloom, let's join together now with the church worldwide and say the prayer of the day together. Almighty God, you have given your only Son to be for us a sacrifice for sin and also an example of godly life. Give us grace to receive thankfully the fruits of his redeeming work and to follow daily in the blessed steps of his most holy life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please join me for the prayers. We pray to God, the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come upon us. Come, Holy Spirit, creator, and renew the earth. Come and walk this cracked and dry land with us, renewing it with life and love. Bring springs of water where once there was only sand. Holy Spirit, come upon us. Come, Holy Spirit, Counselor, and touch our lips that we may proclaim your word. Teach us when to shout for justice, when to speak truth to each other, and when to be silent and listen. Holy Spirit, come come upon us. Come, Holy Spirit, power from on high. Make us channels of peace and ministers of healing. And let us begin that good work by inviting your peace and healing into our own lives. Holy Spirit, come upon us. Come, Holy Spirit, breath of God. Give life to the dry bones around us and make us a living people, holy and free. Free us to believe that we are who you have declared, your children, yours always. Holy Spirit, come upon us. Come, Holy Spirit, wisdom and truth. Strengthen us to be bold in faith. Make us strong to stand and protect us from our own fears and the fiery arrows that may come. Holy Spirit, come come upon us. Darkness covers sword snow. Holy Spirit, you ask me, will I? 
darkness into the night, waiting for newness, waiting for light. reading from Psalm 67. May God be merciful to us and bless us. Show us the light of his countenance and come to us. 
Let your ways be known upon the earth, your saving health among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. And let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide all the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has brought forth her increase. May God, our own God, give us his blessing. May God give us his blessing. And may all the ends of the earth stand in awe of him. Glory Glory to to the the Father, Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit, as as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Hear a reading from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 8. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. The Word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. I was thinking after reading this passage about the two times that Luke goes back and gives us a picture of the life of the church, which is that they're drawn together, they share everything they have. And in this passage, what we see is that people are being added by the Spirit to the number of the church, but it's not you know, individuals. In this case, it's, it's a whole people group. It's the first time the church has moved past the Jewish people and on to the Gentiles, those who were considered the other. We've come across the Samaritan people in the Gospels before when we meet the woman at the well. And it's this beautiful story of, of Jesus himself extending the grace, the peace, the salvation, the inclusion of the kingdom of God onto this woman who is considered by the Jewish people to be the other. And so now, we see the Spirit adding to the number of the church, even adding to the church the other, the foreigner, the ones who are different, the ones who aren't quote-unquote pure as the Jewish people saw themselves to be. The story is really beautiful because we see Philip the evangelist being driven by the Spirit out across the boundaries of where anyone in that day would have thought the church could reach. And he He moves into the land of the foreigner, into the land of the other. Luke says that the Spirit had not yet come upon them. They had been baptized in the name of Jesus, but they had not received the Holy Spirit. So Peter and John laid hands on them, and they received, at that moment, the Holy Spirit. It's really a beautiful story of the other, of the the left behind, of the forgotten, being drawn into the community of God. There's a lot written about this verse and about this sequence of events that the Samaritans received Christ and then it was some time before they received the Holy Spirit. And there's debate on whether or not that's a normative experience for the church today. But what I want to draw us to is the attention 
the kindness, the heart of inclusion that we see in the apostles to run across boundaries, to receive these new believers, to receive these new family members into the body of Christ. And that what they wanted for them was to experience the fullness of the one who draws us together, who makes us one, who redeems us, who is with us, who gives us salvation in every way. There's this little conversation that happens in the Gospels between Jesus and, and John. It's at this moment where Jesus sends some of the disciples on to a Samaritan village to get things ready for his coming. And the disciples are met with hostility from the Samaritans. And John's response is to look at Jesus and ask, shall we call down fire from heaven to destroy them all? Of course, he's rebuked by Jesus because this does not reflect the heart of the kingdom. But what it does reflect is the heart of an unredeemed, uninspired humanity. that's so prone to see differences and to create barriers in the human family. And then we fast forward in the story and John is filled with the Holy Spirit. He's been made new. He's been drawn into the reality of the kingdom of God. He has been made a member of the body of Christ. And we see that in this, his heart has totally changed. The boundary is not there. The prejudice isn't there. The racism isn't there. The pride, the sense of being better than is gone. And we see this man who once wanted to kill an entire village of people that were different from him. We see him running to welcome them into the family of God. It's something that we can only see in the redeemed humanity. And the Spirit of God comes and dwells within us and among us and changes us, gives us new hearts and new perspective that we start seeing as the baptismal covenant calls us to, Christ in all people. That's John's reality now. And as he lays his hands on these ones who his heart once harbored hate towards, we can sense that compassion flowing from his hands as the Spirit of God fills their very being. It's such a beautiful picture of what Christ does among us and through us. He gives us a new heart, not only for ourselves, for the other. He helps us see the world that Christ holds together in his hand. remember reading this in the gospel i mean they're just like having they're like making yeah. plans for the day yeah. and then the samaritan he's like should we kill this entire like, it's so uncalled yeah. for yeah but also i think as to this debate on is it normative to be saved i mean who can know here's the thing that's that's cool they didn't challenge their conversion in a sense they just they wanted to do everything they could to make sure they had the fullness of Christ. Mm. What if it's like trying to normalize that there's like a lot of different ways this can happen? Yeah. Like that there's a lot of different paths that people take. Um, because, you know, I quote received the spirit in when I was 12 and that represented a certain thing at my church. Right. Mm -hmm. But I would say, I don't know if I really started to welcome the spirit into my life to really do healing and deep work until like four years ago, three years ago. Mm -hmm. Does that mean 
this or that for my journey. No, it just means that was my journey. Um, and for these guys, they had a belief in Jesus Christ. They were baptized in his name and this is the next part of their journey. Yeah. I don't know. Just making everyone's experience the experience they were supposed to have, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Which sounds very like hippie. I don't mean it that way. I just mean, it's not though. It's, I mean, you're in good company with the mystics and a lot of what we see in the early, early church of people being more open to that mystery of salvation. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're here in U.S. evangelicalism, which is very formulaic and everything is right. very linear. But that's not a guarantee that that is how the creator of all things functions in the hearts of people. I mean, there's a guy that years ago was at Bloom and um, he wouldn't say that he was a believer. He was just kind of hanging around and... Um, and he had this like very powerful experience with the Holy Spirit and totally on his own just by saying, if you're, I think he was saying at the time, I'm open to this. I guess he was more open than, than he thought because mm-hmm. he had this like profound experience with the Spirit of God. He was filled with the Spirit and he came back on Sunday saying, this is what's happened. And then, and then it, was a, it was a journey of trying to understand what had happened. And then, yeah. and then he kind of got the theology of it, the doctrine, but first was the open heart and the spirit of God. And then on the other side, there is person after person after person here in our little community that has said, I've, I've believed in this. I've like, with my mind, I've believed in the gospel. I believed in Christ and the resurrection, all the things that the church would say, you know, this is important to believe in order to be orthodox. But, but as so many of those people, their testimony here is, I didn't experience the presence of the Spirit, the filling of the Spirit, until now. And so then it's this whole other like dynamic to mm-hmm. their life with Christ. So I think the mistake in that is to say, is try to put this point of salvation on it. Yeah. And that, I, I think, is where the U.S. evangelical church has missed it. Mm-hmm. Because... If you're always trying to label that point of salvation, which you can't because it's a process, but as you move it around, as you, as you grow and as you mature, you start to move that point of salvation. Like when was it? And you start to invalidate everything that happened before that. Mm-hmm. That point of salvation theology, the point of this is that I think it, it takes away the mystery of it mm-hmm. and it puts us more in a, a position of analyzation mm-hmm. than of receiving. Mm, yeah, right. Mm. I think with this passage, it's easy to kind of miss the forest for the trees mm-hmm. and get caught up in, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, were they even saved before they received the Spirit or not? And like, I, I kind of see this more as like, I think if you know Jesus and like say that he's, he's the one that you're going to follow, then that, that's a great first step yeah. like mm-hmm. toward our journey in faith and um, everything else that comes after especially when you receive the holy spirit and when you start to like what you were saying dulcie to like start to really like mingle with the spirit and um incorporate the spirit into your life and into your thoughts Mm -hmm. then it it doesn't invalidate everything that came before it just enriches it yeah i mean that's why the the spirit is a gift right yeah that we receive it we receive the spirit and it enriches our life and our walk with Christ even more because then we can commune with Christ even more. 
because of the helper of the spirit that he sent to us. Yeah, I love that. My spiritual director has been working with me on what I would probably call my pessimism, but just kind of go with that. She's just like, I want you to be surprised at the wholeness you can have this side of heaven. And I think that can only be done by continuing to invite more and more of what it means to follow Jesus and to follow Christ. I mean, we have to remember that we are creatures bound, at least for now, within time. Mm -hmm. We move through our existence in a linear, time-bound manner. So I don't think we can define normative based on time. We can define normative in terms of the essence of the thing. Mm -hmm. And so we know that there's this coming to Christ, this repentance, this this wanting more that we see that the Samaritans had, this wanting to believe, this wanting to be a part of what Christ is about and doing in the earth and accepting the reality that we need Christ. And then there's this filling of the Spirit. I think to get caught up in the order of it and the distance between is folly because we can't, we don't have the perspective that gives us the authority to do that. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. But we can say what's normative is that if we come to Christ, we're filled with the Spirit of God and we're, we're made in union with God through the Spirit and we're made one with each other through the Spirit. So that to me is the greater normative reality. And is exemplified through going back to the initial point that you were making about John, where how do you go from calling down fire and not really losing any sleep about, (laughs) you know, entertaining the idea of wiping out an entire area of people Mm. to like going to them and laying hands on and wanting for them and praying over them and, and sharing with them that like, that's a drastic heart change of some kind that feels like it speaks of the power of the spirit more than anything mm-hmm. in this entire passage that we can so easily miss by wanting to get to this like nitpicky let's figure these details out that doesn't I mean does it really change anything and does it just distract us from this idea mm-hmm. of like how transformative yeah. is an experience with the spirit mm-hmm. And that's the crux of this whole passage. Is mm-hmm. It's not about, you know, salvation and when these, like, whether these people were saved before or not. It's about the fact that the Spirit is being opened up to everyone. Right. And mm-hmm. it's being opened up to the Samaritans who, yeah. for so long, were not even allowed to worship on the same mountain or, you know, yeah. be a part of the, the tradition. Yeah, I, I think the place of conviction and, and the formative question that can be asked back to us because i feel this energy right here with us in this room is what will hold our attention Mm -hmm. what will capture us in this passage Mm -hmm. is it trying to figure out the ins and outs of salvation and the the world of the the mind of the divine Mm -hmm. (laughs) or is it to be captured by this story of this human who was apparently completely changed right that to me is the question for the church now. Like, are we going to be in our halls talking about theology mm. and doctrine and how we understand things that other groups don't and how we're going to divide from this group and that group? And mm. is that like real time right now? What in this passage, the story of the early church will capture the attention of the church? Right. Is it 
the doctrine and the things that we can't know anyway? Or is it the real experience of the Holy Spirit? Is it wanting that? Because I would say the heartbreaking thing about this season that we're in right now is there's not enough of the church, I don't believe, and I'm including us in this, drawn to and captivated by the story of John. Mm-hmm. Because we are so, it's easier to focus on theology and doctrine and academia and everything abstract rather than to desire the full transformation that comes from Christ that enables us to be the healing and the grace and the redemption and the peace mm-hmm. and the justice of Christ mm-hmm. in our world now, just like we saw in John. Right. Like there, do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Even in reading this passage, there's this trap and there's mm-hmm. this temptation to be distracted from the one thing, Christ. Right. Yeah. And those things, it's not saying that those things are not important, like doctrine and theology. They should always be informing our pursuit of Christ. What pops into my mind is is David, how God talks about David as a man after his own heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yet, look how much he messed up the (laughs) the doctrine and the theology (laughs) around, (laughs) around that. And yet, what God calls him is a man after his own heart. And like... That, that's what we should be striving for. And while, yes, doctrine is important, it shouldn't be controlling us. It should be informing us, but not controlling us. For sure. Well, it is interesting that we can either hold, like what you were saying, you can like hold yourself above this almost and try and solve it. Mm-hmm. Or you can do what the people we're seeing in the story are doing, which is either laying hands on each other and praying for each other or receiving more of Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's like, one is a little messier, I think. <laughs> it's easier to kind of stand above things and yeah. pick them apart and try and really figure them out. And I agree, Seth, there is a place for that. I know that there is a lot of life in that for people, but there's also a lot of life in, I mean, don't lay your hands on each other right now, you know, <laughs> or have a mask <laughs> on when you do it, but um, <laughs> there, it's a messier element and there's... A little more risk in it that may be our call like do we want to stand above scripture and try and figure it out or do we want to be a part of giving and receiving yeah of what christ has for us yeah so let's all lay hands on each other right now (laughs) yeah the really beautiful thing is that in this season i from what i see and from how i'm experiencing our community is that bloom is learning again how to follow the spirit how to Mm -hmm be fully immersed in what Christ is doing in our world. And I mean, we heard it uh, yesterday morning as we met in the amphitheater for church, for worship. And, and we took time to hear stories from person after person after person in this community who just is throwing themselves into the work of Christ in the world. And it's, no one knows what this is gonna look like and no one knows what's normative. It's just everyone is trying their best to say, I'm fully, open and available spirit of God move through me. Mm-hmm. Let me see the kingdom of God established through my little life. Mm-hmm. And that's the body of Christ. It's, it's all of us saying, I play this little part in that, but it doesn't mean it's safe. It doesn't mean that we know what's going to happen. It doesn't mean there's a formula that we can follow. It's just saying yes. Yeah. And I, I see that in the story. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that Philip and John were not running there in order to preserve good doctrine. They went there because they were caught up 
in the move of the spirit to bring the other into the family of God. And so they, they were learning what the norm is, or if there even is a norm as they went, but all they knew to do was to extend their hands and pray for them to experience the same thing that they experienced through the spirit, because they knew from the words of Jesus himself that the spirit of God fills every person who asks, every person who knocks, every person who seeks. That's the requirement is to seek, to ask, to knock. And so racial barriers, ethnic barriers, cultural barriers, it doesn't matter anymore. So they run and they see the new norm of the kingdom, which supersedes Mm -hmm. these little normatives that we want to try to box everything up with. I was back home in Kansas a couple weeks ago and interesting that this comes up just because unexpectedly circumstances kind of came together and and got to ex- got to bear witness to a couple of my siblings really experience the holy spirit in such a deep way that it was transformative that there was healing that took place and and some deliverance that that was experienced just as a result of kind of opening themselves up, like mm-hmm. you talked about, opening themselves up and, and being open to that. The power of the Holy Spirit is so much that just even bearing witness to that mm-hmm. has like taken my journey to a whole nother depth mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. longing for the Spirit, but seeking that and opening myself up to it more and, and, and experiencing it just in seeing that in the people that I love and not wanting to miss out, essentially knowing, you know, Mm -hmm. seeing that happen and, and being like, I know that's a, I know I have access to that too. Why am I not, Mm -hmm. you know, why am I not accessing that more? And I think there's a real community piece that the spirit works within that inspires us and draws us closer together as a people, obviously that's happening in the scripture, but also draws us into a deeper longing for more of the spirit for ourselves too. Mm-hmm. That's probably the most consistent prayer we've had for Bloom mm-hmm. over the past you know, mm-hmm. few months of this is that we would be open to the spirit mm-hmm. because that, that's really all you can do right now is just be open to the spirit. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It's either you're open to the spirit or you're just depressed all the time. <laughs> like you just kind of have to be. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of this like divine optimism <laughs> the spirit gives right. us. Right. You know, um yeah. And that that's definitely been our most consistent mm-hmm. prayer for Bloom is that we would just all be open to the spirit. And I think we've seen it. We've seen the fruit of that. For sure. Um I mean, like you said this past week just hearing mm-hmm. people stand up at at the service yesterday and talk about the ways that the spirit is is opening their eyes and and i just think we're going to hear more and more of that over the next few Mm -hmm. months um you know as we move further into this pandemic and as we move further into what life in christ looks like when the church can't meet together Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when it's when it's pushed out into the world almost forcefully like we we can't meet together and so it's basically it has to be pushed out and so yeah. like we're we're seeing more and more reliance on the spirit mm-hmm. and it's it's going to 
caused something really beautiful to happen and already is causing something really beautiful to happen within Bloom and I think hopefully within the church at large as well. Mm. I probably shouldn't say this, but I think in some ways it's our best season Mm -hmm. because it is really calling us to be that which we are as a body of Christ in the world, fully filled by the Spirit. And And the Spirit draws us to love and to care for people in a way that really is supernatural. Mm -hmm. I think we're seeing that as we hand out those 1400 boxes every week to just small little groups all throughout the city who are working, who are doing the work of Christ as well to, to see the people are fed and provided for and we're in that because we said yes to the spirit Mm -hmm. and then like my little learning group that I joined for Bloom, the Be the Bridge group. We're journeying together, being open to the Spirit of God among us, and is drawing me specifically to see that there really is no room for the oppression and the racism that we see Mm -hmm. in our country, in our church, and in ourselves, Mm -hmm. if we're fully filled and led by the Spirit of God. It leads us into that same experience that we see in John is that these racial divides, these ethnic divides are just gone. And that's been really beautiful. So this this whole season has been just wrought with experiences like that as we've person after person in our community said, yes, Holy Spirit, fill me, lead me, control me, Mm -hmm. just draw me into situations in which Christ is made known. These supernatural, mysterious ways in which we have no idea how it all works and what's going to happen. But it's just so fulfilling and joyful to Mm -hmm. be dragged into it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) I always feel like I have the opposite experience. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's why we need you here. I think being raised in the church made me have one vision of what it looks like to be filled with the Spirit. And that's like a loud, public, Mm -hmm. transformative experience. And I actually feel like in this season, the Spirit has allowed me to be really quiet, to do really deep work in me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of just want, for my brothers and sisters listening to this who have maybe spent a lot of nights weeping or feeling really alone, that those are still movements of the spirit Mm -hmm. doing Mm -hmm. deep things in you because that is where I've experienced the spirit probably since March, to be honest, but specifically the last month of my life. Mm -hmm. So that willingness and that openness, it doesn't have to be public. It doesn't have to be... Mm -hmm. I love it when it's in community, but there are some times where it is a quiet movement. Mm -hmm. I'm really grateful for that. I've not been in a season where I can be loud Mm -hmm. and surrounded by community. The the stuff I feel like the spirit is doing is so tender. It, it's hard to bring to the surface all the way (laughs) and even sometimes let other people in. Although I think sometimes that's been the call that the spirit has asked me to say some things out loud to save people but Mm -hmm. I agree with everything I mean I think the spirit is going to be as diverse as we know the character of God to be Mm -hmm. (laughs) so these big these big movements this this movement of food this movement of family 
and these quiet, deep movements that are happening um, that are shifting things in all of us. I mean, we've been meeting now since the pandemic, and I've just watched things shift in all four of us in these quiet, deep ways Mm -hmm. as we've allowed ourselves to say, Spirit, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, sorry I'm having opposite no i i don't think that's opposite i mean i think i I think the spirit yes i think the spirit moves in in more kind of communal corporate ways but i also i mean my own journey has been probably pretty similar to yours yeah where i've just been feeling so much shift inside of myself yeah yeah that has been more private than public and i would say anything that is public is because of the private work mm-hmm. of, of Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of the private work of the Spirit in my life. And I just, I think the Spirit is so personal. Yeah. You know, I, I love the idea of the Spirit being the breath of God. Mm-hmm. That he, it's almost like we breathe it in and breathe it out. And that's such a personal yeah. grounding experience. And yeah. that's, that is the Spirit, like you said, like the character of God how diverse it is to every mm-hmm. person. It's true, like, he, he moves in us and through us, but I think it always starts in us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. then goes through us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Seth. I don't think it's opposite. I think it just makes it all the more beautiful to, to see the dynamism of mm-hmm. the Spirit. That mm-hmm. yeah. It is... Those hard places. We've been talking about suffering the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe that's why I'm kind of excited to talk about something else. But <laughs> <laughs> um, it's in that it's in that road with Christ. I remember, you know, a few weeks ago, our prayer for Bloom was, "Christ, take us by the hand mm-hmm. and lead us gently over that road of suffering and humility," because mm-hmm. we know we need to go there. And that's like, yeah, it's. It's hard, but it is, it is in those deep places that, that we find Christ and that, that draws us to the, those, those more demonstrative or outer expressions or whatever. Mm-hmm. And maybe those expressions, I mean, it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about transformation for, I mean, you're starting at something broken mm-hmm. and that's been my experience this past month that i mean what i bore witness to was inspiring but it triggered a deep Mm -hmm. pain and brought up hard and took yeah i mean took me to a dark place Mm -hmm. and in that when you experience the power of the holy spirit it's that much more Mm powerful because you're that much more desperate for it right i've said this for for a long time i think that the church needs to be more welcoming of the unfinished testimonies Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah Yeah. we always want to hear about and then everything's fine and if that was ever the goal anyway um, that's more about personal piety, but you know we don't elevate the process enough because when you elevate the process, you there's this fear that I'm uh, I'm lowering myself in the story. 
because I don't look good. But who's elevated in that, who's, who's seen as faithful and kind and compassionate and present is Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's who we need. And I, I, I do think that, you know, Luke, I understand he's trying to give us these, these points to grab onto. But if you don't, like, they're like Karen's up the mountain and you there every once in a while to kind of guide our way but if you don't pay attention to the to the path between then you miss so much of the texture of the story and the humanity in it mm-hmm. i think i think the invitation for us that, that i'm going to give us is to hold that space between john literally asking that jesus would burn a group of people alive and all that was present and swirling around in his heart when he said that to then him being filled with the Spirit of God, going through that process of renewal through penance and regeneration, and then and then we see him like running with nothing but kindness and joy and invitation mm-hmm. in his heart towards these same people. My invitation to you that I'm gonna take as well is to sit with that, to meditate on that process. Like what did it look like? The lows, those times he was laying in his bed or whatever they laid in at night in those times on his, beds, on his pallet. On his existed. On, his, um, <laughs> on their mats. On his hard mat. <laughs> As he's laying there, you know, not just what a wretch I am. Mm-hmm. You know, the, these thoughts going through his head, the, the invitation to repentance, the intimacy that he had and the vulnerability that he had to have with those around him. Mm-hmm. And then to be seen as one who had done the work, who had responded to the spirit and worthy to welcome these same people whom he had hated into the kingdom of God. And that, that, that is what Christ does among us in this world. But uh, that's, I think that's the invitation for me and I'll pass it on to you, Bloom. Uh, Sit with that, meditate on that, be drawn into that process. Grace and peace to you. Gathering our prayers and our praises into one, let us pray as Christ our Savior has taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Bloom, may God who gives patience and encouragement give you a spirit of unity to live in harmony as you follow Jesus Christ so that with one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be among you and remain in you always. Go in peace to love and to serve Jesus. Jesus.